Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp. Bob, I hope you're ready for the next episode post-SBC. And for all of our SBCers that had such a good time in Anaheim and California, I just wanted to to call out something from the book of reports because I know you guys are, are, are really <laughs> wanting to dive back into that. But Bob pointed out to me, me, me and Bob in the boot camp, and we've made it. We've made it to the big time. I mean, I don't know that it could be any bigger than the book of reports for the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> that is pretty big for uh, Southern Baptist, Jimbo, and to be named in there. And I think not only the boot camp, but I think our names are in there. Are they not? They are. I'm going to read to you the excerpt, page 97 of the book of reports for the Southern Baptist Convention 2022 in Anaheim says, replant team members are featured on two of the, listen to this, Leading national podcast <laughs> on church revitalization and replanting. That's it. it would, we could quote that. We should put that on our website. Yeah. We are one of the leading national podcasts for church revitalization and replanting. Mark Clifton and Tom Rayner have a little podcast you may have heard of called the <laughs> Replant and Revitalize. But then, and I quote, and Jimbo Stewart and Bob Bickford with the Replant Boot Camp. There we are. There we are. Page ninety-seven of the book of reports. So next, if if we run into you, boot campers, and you, I'm sure you carry the book of reports with you at all times. We'll gladly autograph that section okay. for you. Just turn to page ninety-seven. We'll put our little Herbie Hancock on it for you. Jimbo, can you can you wait just a second? I need to update my LinkedIn profile to leading national podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Man, LinkedIn. You know what LinkedIn is, Jimbo. I, 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 it's, I struggle with LinkedIn. It's basically, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Some of the older listeners will understand what I'm talking about. They, they used to do this thing called who's who in American high school students or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It, it's basically the who's who among American high school students. So the teachers would nominate kids that were, you know, good grades or leaders or something. And then you would pay to have your name placed in this hardbound book among the who's who of American high school students. And I don't think anybody besides your parents, maybe you ever looked in that book because yeah. Jimbo, it never got me any scholarships and it never opened the door. I never even got like a free cheeseburger from McDonald's. Yeah. No, no. Now I've heard of some people have used LinkedIn to get job interviews and such. Yeah. But it's like Facebook yeah. for business people, I think. So Yeah, it's like a businessy Facebook. So we can go update our LinkedIn profile to quote 2022 Book of Reports, page 97, <laughs> leading <laughs> national podcast on replanting and revitalization. I'm glad the fledgling replant and revitalize with Tom Rayner and Mark Clifton got mentioned too. They need all the publicity. Yeah, it was nice. They need all the publicity they can get. It was nice they put them in there. They got a little podcast going on over there, so that was good. Yeah. Well, man, I'm so excited to be here with you virtually in the studio, the boot camp studio, to jump in and dive into the, to the topic for this week. One of the discussions that we had in the hallways, because my favorite part of any sort of convention like that is the hallway conversations, and something that came up several times in conversation was how do we define church health 
and some have heard of our conversations about church health markers being love, unity, and maturity, and we've had some conversations about that. And I, I made a comment to a guy in in the hall one time where I said, judging a church's health based on its attendance and finances would be like going to the doctor for your annual checkup and I'm asking you how much is in your bank account and how many Twitter followers you have. <laughs> That's a great word. And uh, I think a lot of people measure the wrong things and put success, the weight of success on the wrong things. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I don't want to diminish because I think they do correlate. I think they influence each other because let's say if you have little to no money in your bank account, and you have little to no meaningful human interaction and relationships, that will no doubt end up affecting your mental and physical and spiritual health, right? And so so it is important to your physical health and mental health that you manage your finances and such that you can buy food and you can have a roof over your head and that you have meaningful human re- interactions with, with real friends and real relationships that does have an effect, but they are not one and the same. They are not the same thing. And certainly your Twitter followers or your Facebook friends list actually has no bearing whatsoever and doesn't correlate whatsoever to your to your health, except for maybe negatively if you put too much of an emphasis on social media. Yeah. And so I'm just saying the same way, I think I'm not going to say that those numbers are not important. I just think we've got to we need to clarify the conversation a little bit that there's a difference between church health and organizational health. And we have to understand that really we're talking about, and we brought this up a little bit and last week when we talked platform and table and, and much like platform and table, this isn't completely fleshed out, but it's a conversation we've been having and I wanted to have it. And I just want to give a shout out. We, we did get some feedback from platform and table that even helped us clarify it further and so, man, that's more than welcome. If, if you're listening to this and you think of a way to help this be clearer and better, please shoot us a note. Let us know how we can say this better as we're trying to figure this out even more ourselves. But, but if you look at, if you are in an institutional church, so you're not in a house church, right? So if you're in a house church, then I really don't think we have to worry as much about the organizational health pieces, right? We're just doing discipleship, reading the word, praying together in homes. And and that's a different conversation. But if you want it to be a house church movement, then you do have to add some organizational pieces to it. But the organizational pieces are unavoidable if you're in an institutional church. If you've got a building, if you draw a salary, if even if it's a meager salary, if you if the pastor is paid anything, then you are in an institutional church. And if you want that organization to be healthy, then you have to understand there's a difference between the sustainability and health of the organization itself and the health of the body of Christ. Those are not the same thing. They mm-hmm. do court, they do influence each other, but if an institute, but go back to the the annual checkup analogy, just like not having any friendships or not having enough money to take care of myself would affect my physical and mental health. If an institutional church it's having lots of money troubles, attendance troubles that can end up becoming a stumbling block for the spiritual health of the church as well. So they do correlate and influence each other. Organizational health influences and is influenced by church health and vice versa, but they're not the same thing. And I just think it's really important 
that we clarify that. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm as you were describing sort of the organizational systems uh, or, or markers of health or lack of health that can show up on a church's radar. I think there's some underlying markers that organizationally we don't pay attention to that lead to lack of organizational health and a lack of spiritual health. One of them being communication, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that churches churches make some mistakes. Like a declining church is everybody knows everything and. Everybody's got to know everything in order for the church to move and then for the body to have a sense of unity and et cetera. And that's not a sustainable model, right? That means you're going to have a smaller church model. that Everybody's got to be on the decision. Everybody's got to know what's going on. Everybody's got to have access to all the information, that sort of thing. Now, it is healthy and helpful for church members to, to get information about the church and for there to be transparency regarding things like finances and, you know, et cetera. And it's healthy to have systems and ways that church members can get to know those things, right? And that they can participate in in giving feedback or even at some point making uh, decisions. But oftentimes a church will show signs of a lack of health that precede that actual lack of health. So like, like just say, well, we're just not healthy. We're not unified. Well, why aren't you unified, right? Well, let's let's dig into that. And so a lot of our guys, when they first get into a church, Jimbo, I think one of the things they have to do is they have to go exploring to see where are the layers here of, of health, spiritual health, organizational health, and then what do I need to peel back to understand, like what's caused these sorts of things? Mm-hmm. So there there have been some some instances, like when I've been sick, when I, I particularly when I got COVID the first time, one of the things that would, was very challenging for me health-wise was I had a significant lack of sodium in my diet or in my body, in my blood, right, my body chemistry. And that made me feel really, really bad. So you've just got to go on a search to understand, like, wh- how do I understand the health of my church organizationally and spiritually? And it may not be as apparent as the symptom that's presenting itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's important that we dig down into those things and we we just identify which avenue we're looking at things when we're taking a holistic approach like this. Are are we looking are when we're talking about things, are we talking about the organization or are we talking about the body? And part of why I think this is important is far too often we begin the conversation and end the conversation with organizational health markers, right? And so we'll say, well, the church is in decline. And what we mean when we say that most often is there are fewer people attending, Mm -hmm. there are fewer people giving. And what we've talked about is, and and we all recognize this intuitively. I think we all know that there's a kind of a messiness to that intuitively, but we just don't really know how else to measure or figure those things out or diagnose. And so we just kind of stay in that lane. Now, the other side of that is sometimes we'll have people say, well, let's not worry about those numbers at all, right? Let's just ignore all of that because that's not how you tell if a church is healthy. And I would I would say, yeah, you're right. That may not be how we can tell if a church is healthy, but we, are, we do have a, a responsibility to steward the organization that we've chosen to to have as like a trellis or a scaffolding for the body. And if we want to completely disregard those things, then really the only way to do that faithfully, I think, is to go to a house church model. I am not against a house church model at all. But I think even then, like I said earlier, at, at some point in a house church model, you have to decide, are we just staying in my living room or is this going to be a house church movement? 
that expands into others. And then we do have some org- some organizational, not as much, but some organizational things we have to figure out. And so just be careful not to immediately determine good or bad health of a church just based on finances, just like a doctor wouldn't ask me my bank account for my physical checkup, because that's not his goal, right? His goal at that point is to figure out my body. Now, if my body is horribly unhealthy and it's clear I haven't showered in, in weeks and there's all sorts of things going on, then he may need to ask questions about like, hey, do you have a roof over your head? Do you have enough money to eat? Do you, you seem malnourished. You seem, right? Then we start we start to figure out the structural pieces that are leading to me being that that unhealthy physically. So we, we have discussed and we'll discuss more, just a reminder, the, the three kind of markers of church health of the body. And these are the ultimate goal. This is the fruit. This is what happens when we abide in Jesus is love, unity, and maturity. And we're going to, we'll dive more into those things. Love, unity, but I, I just want to say this before I move on to organizational health markers. Love, unity, and maturity are rightly pursued and promoted from the platform and the table ministries like we mentioned last week. So that's the pulpit, that's discipleship, that's your website, that's communicate. All these things aligned in really a healthy body. Everything is aligned towards these three, towards producing fruit in love, unity, and maturity. Maturity being becoming more like Jesus and bearing the fruit of the Spirit, and unity being unity in Christ. Not unity in all things, but unity in Christ, because there does need to be a diversity of our people based on our community, uh, which is another... We've had those conversations with Dr. Casey Williams and Dr. Josh Dreyer and Dr. Keelan Cook, and you can go back to those. But love, unity, maturity are rightly pursued and promoted both from the pulpit, the platform, and the table, discipleship, and relationship. But love, unity, and maturity also, if if they're pursued and promoted rightly, they will result in the body of Christ loving each other well in biblical community. And I, that's where I would point to like the one another's in the scripture is how we would see that. That would be the fruit of that. And the fruit of that would also be them loving their communities well through gospel mission. This is where our boss, Mark Clifton, often defines success as a community, a culture of making disciples that make disciples that make the community noticeably better. And that's making the community noticeably better through being on mission with the gospel. So that's the spiritual health aspects of it. And we've got to figure out together, collectively as a body, as, as like the capital C church, I think we've got to work on how do we identify and diagnose those things more, love, unity, and maturity. And let that be the definition of church health for the body. Because the organization, just hypothetically, Bob, the organization, and I'm in Florida, so this isn't super hypothetical. This happens. A, a, a hurricane can come through Florida, and your organization, the, the, the building at least, may cease to exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that can happen pretty quickly in Florida. And all of a sudden, there is no building right? And then let's say, let's say the government decides, you know what, you can't be tax exempt anymore. We're going to take that away. Let's say that happens one day. All of a sudden you can't afford the land because the land taxes are too much. So you got to sell the land and you're not a nonprofit. And so you dissolve the institution. So you, you could dissolve as a nonprofit, but the body still exists. So we, we have to make that distinction. But if you're in an institutional church, there is an organization that you're running 
And there are health markers for that. So here's what I would say. I want to I want to list these three, and then let's dive in wherever you want to dive in deeper, Bob. Sure. So I would say, to me, the three markers of organizational health is one, decentralized leadership. In other words, it's not all in one person. We have a healthy team leading this. Now, that team may almost entirely be all lay people. I'm not talking staff. So don't if you're solo staff by vocational and you hear this and you get stressed out, I still think team organizational health leads to sustainability. If you get sustainability means if you're the lead pastor and you get hit by a truck, you die tomorrow, it can continue well. Right. And so you you need a team that the leadership has to be decentralized, not all on your shoulders. So decentralized leadership with a healthy team. Second would be depersonified alignment, meaning that the mission, vision, values, strategy of the organization do not just come from the brain of the lead pastor, but that team, and it's personified in the body, not just in the pastor. And so we get to a place where we are clear on who we are and what God has called us to do in our community, and the people of our church are clear on that. So they're clear on the mission, the vision, the values, and how the strategy flows out of the mission, the vision, and the values, or any other words you want to use to describe that mission clarity. And then the third, I would say, would be dependable resources. So this is finances in a healthy, what we're pursuing, healthy organization, meaning they're dependable, meaning it's not just 8% of your church attenders are are your giving, right? But where it's kind of it's kind of it's diversified amongst the membership of giving in a faithful and dependable way. We can pay the bills. We've got enough. We're doing what we need to do. Your facilities are in a dependable shape. Your personnel, whatever staff you do have, paid or lay, is dependable and and good. You have good systems and processes that and policies that are making sure that things run the way that they're needed to run. In, in a good, healthy organization you'll have these three things, decentralized leadership through a good team, depersonified alignment and clarity amongst everyone, and dependable resources that are sustainable. Now, if you could have all three of those, not as the goal or as the marker of church health, but as the marker of organizational health, with the understanding that the organization is only scaffolding or trellis for the vine, and that the vine is the body in love, unity, and maturity, meaning that they end up on mission and in biblical community. Now we've got something that is not only healthy, but sustainable. And as an institutional organization, but it's all, but it's, we're always going to be tempted to just focus our measurements on the organizational health pieces. And so I don't want to throw those away. I just think we have to delineate those from distinct, make those distinct from church health. Sure. It's, it's easier to measure the organizational health markers, particularly the resources, right? With finances, facilities, personnel, systems, processes. And it's easy for us to give attention to those because that really doesn't take, it doesn't take so much of a spiritual bent, you know, or a mindset, right? This is money. It's you know, chairs, it's paint, it's all of those sorts of things. It's here's how to request to use a room. So those are easy things for us to focus our attention to. The the depersonified alignment, and that's that's a hard one to get at to, to a place where everybody is like, 
it's not just the deacons who are leading the church and saying what goes. It's not just the pastor. It's not the deacons and pastor constantly at war, right? It's this idea of we've all come together around a communicated vision that we feel like we prayed about and the Lord has spoken and we're aligned by behind that, right? It's not us, it's the Lord's, right? It's not this per one person's. And so I think that for our, for our boot campers who are maybe in year one, man, they might be getting towards that at the end of, end of year one, maybe year two and three. I think going into the church, you need to really put down some, some effort to get there as soon as you can, because people have to align by around something that's beyond themselves, right? That's beyond survival, that's beyond thriving, that there are, that leads to thriving, that's beyond just what I want, a preference or something like that. So I think that happens. And I love the decentralized leadership team approach. But I think one of the, that for me, just thinking through my experience as a replanter, Jimbo, I think I started with working on the spiritual thing, the spiritual unity and preaching and trying to, in every committee and every leadership conversation, et cetera, really trying to work that in. And then I really went from the bottom of your list up, like dependable resources, depersonified alignment, and then decentralized team. I couldn't get to the decentralized team until we'd laid those other two down uh, in terms of foundational. So, you know, if you're a bullet point person and you're reading the list from top to bottom and think, okay, I got to get a decentralized team. Well, probably you need to have dependable resources before then, right? Because your leaders are going to need to have resources, going to have alignment, and then you can begin to give them the freedom and the grace and the permission to move about and lead. All the while, you're doing work to develop the health of the church spiritually. So I think when you when you look at this list, when, when somebody looks at this list, I think they could get overwhelmed in terms of thinking, well, how do I do the spiritual and the organizational simultaneously? Because I don't think you, there's not a linear deal, right? No. It's not a start here. It's a both and. It's like a juggling act, right? You're doing all of it together all at the same time. That's part of what makes this so much harder today than it was 60 years ago, mm-hmm. right? At 60, 70 years ago, at least in most church life, there was a lot of this stuff was kind of decided for you, right? Like if you started a church 65, 70 years ago, well, man, you you kind of knew what the alignment looked like. There wasn't varied opinions and versions on how that played out uh, outside of denominations. I mean, if you wanted it done differently, you just went to a different denomination. Mm-hmm. But w- within your denomination, it was like pretty monolithic. If you went f- from a church in one city to a church in another city, that kind of, I mean— at least in Southern Baptist life, they were using the same bulletin. They were using the same, you know, like calendar. I mean, even architecture, you know, architecture. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so much of that was done kind of easy button and you didn't really have to think through that. And so now, now you as a pastor, man, you really are responsible for leading the organization and the body and understanding that those are, really kind of two different lanes. Now the goal in a perfect world, we can get those aligned and everything is in its right right place. But even that's a daily struggle. That is a, I mean, this is not, what I'm talking about here, I'm codifying a massive amount of work into a 25 minute podcast episode. Yeah. And so don't hear me say, oh, this is easy and this is what you need to do. I, I'm hoping that it's just at least helpful 
to start structuring and reminding ourselves because the temptation is often to just focus on one to the neglect of the other, whichever one you focus on, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the temptations go, all I'm going to do is worrying about us being spiritually healthy. And if you're just going to pick one, pick that one, right? <laughs> and that's what we say. If you're just going to pick one, pick the body health piece, right? Yeah. And I would even argue that biblically, right? Pursue first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll take care of the rest of the things. But we've also been called to steward what we have. And you, if you want to debate whether we should have institutions or not, that's another conversation. But if you're in an institutional, organizational church, you are responsible to steward well what you've been given. Mm-hmm. And you've been given a building and a budget and all the different things that come along with that. And so as you do, just make sure that you don't only focus on one lane of this to the neglect of the other and make sure that organizational health stays in its right place, that it is scaffolding, it's trellis for the vine. Mm-hmm. And we need it, as we, if we have it, we need to steward it well so that it serves the body and not that the body serves the organization. And so often, if, if we just focus on organizational health, what will end up happening is the body is there to serve and sustain the organization. And that's, that is not what, where we need to be. And that's honestly the attitude of a lot of dying churches when we walk into them, right? Their concerns are organizational health concerns. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough people. And really, that's a shift. We've shifted at that point. And so we'll talk more about this in another episode. Boot campers, I mean, we're talking to you, and we would love for this to be a conversation. And so as you have questions, clarifications, challenges, you want to push back on what we said, we would welcome that. You can engage us on all major social media. You can email us. There are all sorts of ways you can contact us on the website as well. We would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on organizational health and church health? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.